But actually, what the shepherd saw this night, and you guys got to listen to this, what the shepherd saw that night was something really scary. In fact, when we read this, starting in verse 8 of chapter 2 of Luke's gospel, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds, that's the same place that Jesus was born in the Bethlehem area, there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, listen, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. We see this all throughout the Bible, that every time an angel shows up, people get scared. And one of the reasons they get scared is because angels are powerful beings. They're those who display the very glory of God. And when the Bible talks about the glory of God, that's just a big word that means the greatness of God, or everything that God is that we're not. The glory of God, what makes Him uniquely valuable. And these shepherds, when they see this one angel, they see the very glory of God, they see the shining of God, and what they feel is fear. And this is what happens. One of the things that happens to us when we start thinking about who God is, and what God's like, and what God might want for us, or what God might want from us, one of the reactions we feel is, we're scared. What if we're not good enough for God? What, what if we can't do the right thing that God wants us to do? There's a fear. And really, it's okay that we're afraid. Because one of the things that happens when God shows himself, whether it's through an angel speaking or through a message that somebody hears, when God shows himself, we see ourselves, and it's not always nice. We're not as good as we're supposed to be. It can be scary. One of the things that happens this time of year at Christmas is we begin to think about how fortunate we are and how unfortunate other people are. And so what do we do? This time of year we tend to, well, let's give money to the homeless. Let's, let's, let's feed somebody. Let's take the lonely into our homes. And these are good things. But guess what? People are lonely and people are hungry every single day. And yet it only seems to be maybe once a year that we think about this. That should scare us. When, when, when these shepherds, these poor shepherds, these very common people shepherds, when they hear this announcement, they're scared. Until the angel says this in verse 10, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now this is really amazing because when God sends an angel, a messenger, to talk about how that he's sending his son to the world, he doesn't go to the governing officials. He doesn't go to those who are the big authorities. He doesn't go to rich people. He goes to poor, common shepherds. And he says, literally, I have good news for you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. He says, I have good news of great joy. And that's not just for you shepherds. It's for all people. And here's the good news. Listen, the angel says in verse 11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Okay, children, I need your help again. Someone tell me, what's a Savior? What, what, what does it mean to save somebody? Salo. What do you think it means to save somebody? Do you remember? You had the answer, buddy. I know you did. Say it again. Say it. 
To save someone who's about to die, that's a good example. To save someone who's about to die. Like, so, so someone falls in the water and you go, oh no, they can't swim. What do you do? You jump in and you save them. That's a savior, right? Well, the angel announces, listen, the angel announces to these poor shepherds that this baby that's going to be born is a savior. He's going to save those who are about to die. In fact, he says, listen, a savior who is Christ, Christ means God's chosen king, who is Christ the Lord. Now, this is great because another word for savior can be rescuer. Someone who who saves you right before you die. Someone who rescues you when you're in danger. And the Bible teaches that all of us, no matter who we are, all of us are in danger of something. All of us are in danger of judgment. All of us are guilty before God. And we need someone to save us. We need God to save us. And so God sent that Savior in the person of Jesus. But also he's called Christ the Lord, which means he's not just a rescuer. Listen, he's a ruler. Now this is really good news for us as well. You know why? Because we need help ruling our lives. Maybe some of you older children, maybe some of you adult know what I mean by this. You've been living your life for you for how many years it's been. You've been making your own decisions. You've been ruling your own life. How's that going so far? Not so great, is it? We need a ruler. It's good news that God sent to us not just a king, but his chosen king. Not just a ruler, but the ruler for all people. Interesting, and here's how they're supposed to know. Here's how these poor shepherds are supposed to recognize their king, their ruler, their savior. Do you think he's going to be wearing a crown? Is baby Jesus going to be wearing a crown? Nah. How are they going to recognize him? They said to them, listen, the shepherd said, or the angel said to the shepherds, this will be the sign to you, verse 12, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's just like baby clothes. They wrap them nice and tight so they feel cuddly. Lying in a manger or a place where they feed animals. In other words, you're going to find the king of all people being born in the way a peasant would be born. That's what you're going to find. Now, when this happens, when they hear this, right when this happens, verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, Peace, goodwill towards men. Now again, we see angels, we think angels, we think uh, like a man but with wings. But actually there's nothing in the Bible that describes them necessarily having wings except for the ones that are always before the presence of God. But what this does say, when it says a multitude of heavenly hosts, it literally means an army. So if you can imagine, first one angel was scary, then suddenly there's a whole army of angels in the sky and they're praising God. Now, you might not know this, but the person who wrote what we're reading now is a guy named Luke. That's why it's called Luke. And Luke, listen, Luke writes this, his, his gospel, he writes this wanting to give us some good historical account of what actually happened. We, we think that when Luke's telling us the story, he got the information right from Mary herself. And when he tells the story, when he writes out the story, he, he knows... He knows exactly what each of these things mean, even though the shepherds didn't fully know, even probably Mary didn't fully know. He knew by the time these things were written, they knew what these things meant. And one of the things that they would have known that we need to know is that when, <coughs> when God makes this announcement with a whole army of angels, it's as if, it's as if 
God himself is saying, in all the authority of heaven, I want you to know this is the most important thing. This is what motivates all of heaven to sing my praises. This sending Jesus. There's nothing more important than this Jesus who I've sent, than this Christ who is to be born. Now, I wonder what makes you move to praise. What, what motivates you to just kind of bust out in song? What is it? What kind of news, how good of news would you have to hear before you just started singing out of pure delight? Well, according to heaven, the news that we need to hear that should lead us, that led the angels to sing, was the news of the Savior being born. And so he says, glory to God in the highest, and earth, peace, goodwill towards men. When, when, when the angels say glory to God, here's what they mean. They say, look, everything that's great about God is to be seen now, and that will bring peace to God. That will bring, uh, sorry, peace to men. What was being seen? In Jesus, listen, in Jesus, there's something uniquely shown about God. That we see the uniqueness of God's goodness in the coming of Jesus. So much so that the angels celebrate, all of heaven celebrates who Jesus is. Now, the shepherds hear this, and we see in verse 15 that so it was that the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go, now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has, uh, has made known to us. And so they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now, this is, this is really important. Remember, Luke wants us to see that this is history. This, this is something that we can actually believe in as well. And so he says, here's what happens. The shepherds see these angels and they go, wow, this is amazing. They hear this message that the king of all people has been born. The king of the world has been born. And they go to see this and they go to see and what they do is they, they find him just as the angel said. In other words, they check out the evidence and the evidence becomes true. It shows them that it's true. It's a truth that's confirmed to these shepherds. Now this is really important as well. Because what we're talking about here is not just a nice idea. We're not just coming together and singing songs that make us feel good or remind us of, of, of you know, nice times in the past or traditions together with family. We're here talking about the reality that, that God pierced history in the person of Jesus. That when this is announced, the angels go, could this be true? Or, or, or the shepherds say, could this be true? And they go find the evidence just as the angels said. Just exactly as the angels said that this is true. And so what happens when they see this is true? What happens when we believe something is true? We tell other people. So they said in verse 15, or verse 16, it says, They came with haste, sorry, verse 17, And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things that were told them by the shepherds. So they made sure lots of people knew about this. But it says in verse 19, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them, in her heart. I'm wondering how many of us have actually read all of Luke's gospel. I'm wondering how many of us have read these things, have seen what's being claimed about who Jesus was, how he was born, how he grew up, how he lived his life, the miracles he did, the death he died the reality of his resurrection. How many of us have read these things and we think about these things often? Jesus isn't just for Christmas. He's for life. 
You see, what, what Luke wants us to see is that what Mary does, does here is Mary, she's already been told. Here she is, a young woman who had never known a man, and she gives birth to a child who, who an angel told her as well, this child is going to be the savior of the world. And then these poor shepherds who usually weren't trusted with important information come and say, the angels come and a whole army saying to us, and they said that you were here and that your child was going to be the king of the whole world. And she thinks about these things over and over again. And this is important because when Luke is writing these things out, he's getting this information, probably again, like I said, from Mary, and he's getting this information at a time when her son, Jesus, her oldest son, her firstborn son, has lived, has died, has resurrected, and has ascended to heaven. And we read in Luke's gospel that when when Jesus is being crucified, and they're wanting him to say that he's a blasphemer. They're wanting him to confess his crime. We, we see that through this whole time of seeing Jesus be tortured and beaten and suffering so greatly, that his mother Mary says nothing. Do you know why she said nothing? Because as she thought about all that she knew about the fact that she conceived as a virgin... The fact that the angels announced to these poor shepherds that he was going to be the king. The fact that she saw his miracles, she knew she could not say he's anything but who he said he was. God's only begotten son. This is a truth worth thinking about. And this is a truth worth sharing. So when the shepherds hear this in verse 20, it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Luke wants us to see that this is why we sing. This is why we praise. Because it's not just this idea of Jesus, but the reality of who Jesus is. We celebrate his birth because we celebrate his life and his death and his resurrection, and his soon return. As we sing these last couple songs, let's keep that in mind. Let's celebrate this Jesus who loves us so much. Amen? We give, uh, we give gifts at Christmas because we've been given a gift at Christmas. The gift the angels announced to poor shepherds, the gift that shepherds announced to all Bethlehem, the gift is Jesus. He himself is that gift. We have a rescuer who can meet us at our lowest point and does. We have a ruler who knows how to lead us well and does. We have a hope because of Jesus that soon and very soon this world will be as it's meant to be. I don't know if Christmas for you is a happy time, a difficult time, a mix. But Christmas for us as Christians needs to be about giving thanks to Jesus. Let's do that right now. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that as we just continue to celebrate today and into next week, Lord, that we would... No, we would know how good it is to him 
to have him as our rescuer and ruler. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for the sweets we're going to eat. And thank you most of all for Jesus. Lord, we commit our lives afresh to him. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.